Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the world-famous Tomahawk Show. I am your humblest of co-hosts, Andrew Hawkins, joined as always by my partner in crime, Joe Thomas. It is a tough time in the sports world, and even before I asked Joe how he's doing, um, we kicked around the idea of not doing an episode, and me and Joe had a conversation about it, and you know, rightfully so, man. We are an open book here on the Tomahawk Show, which is what makes this platform special here at Uninterrupted and Again, you know, for Joe and I to be able just to jump on the mics and have a conversation about feelings and what's going on and what we're thinking about life. So it is Super Bowl week. We are fresh off the Pro Bowl. A lot of football news. But to be honest, it's it's tough to fake excitement about that at a time like this. So, Joe, uh, how you doing today, man? Yeah, man, I'm doing. I'm uh, <clears throat> back in Madison here. We were out of town last week and um, I was sitting at my desk yesterday uh, as I'm sure everybody can remember exactly the moment. And I got a text from a buddy and it was just a screenshot of TMZ's front page and it had the news about Kobe. And initially, of course, everybody's thought is like, oh, I can't be true. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't wrap your head around something like that. And you're thinking that it's some type of weird hoax, but it's not, <clears throat> you know, April 1st. And then the first thing that pops into my head is like, I sure hope that somebody put this out there as some type of weird hoax because LeBron had just passed Kobe on the all-time scoring list. Mm -hmm. And so maybe some joker out there wanted to get some attention or just get people stirred up. And since at that point, it hadn't really been confirmed anywhere else. Yeah. There was still like hope, I'm sure, in a lot of people's mind that it was just phony. Um, Yeah. And so... That's my way of saying that uh, things have happened really fast in the last couple of days mm-hmm. and uh, really real. And I think you 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 hit it off right at the top a little bit that I think initially both of us were thinking, like, we really don't want to do an episode today that we don't want to talk about football. We don't yeah. want to talk about the Super Bowl. Right. As excited as I was about the Super Bowl last week, uh, I just didn't care right now. Right. And we got on the phone and I think both of us – luckily have enough other things professionally going on in life where if we don't feel like doing a podcast, we don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either one of us really wanted to talk sports, but then I think we we realized that this show has always been sort of an open book for both of us and mm-hmm. cathartic in a lot of ways more than it is a job. It's yep. just us getting an opportunity to vent or share our emotions and our feelings. And after we always hang up, we always feel better. And I think we said, you know what, let's just turn the mics on and record and see what happens. And maybe after 20 minutes, we just dump it. So I feel like maybe I'm talking to you and nobody's ever going to hear this, but it's just like a phone call. So I love it, man. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, under the circumstances. So, you know, and if you've been living under a rock, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant has passed away in a helicopter accident, you know, and yesterday I was in the middle of, uh, a production meeting for the NFL network and total access. And since we're just going all the way open book, even it's been a tough week. So my, my, my father, um, and you know, my biological father and I have had a complicated relationship my entire life. Um, but he, he, he grew very, very sick this week. So I had to rush back to Pennsylvania, um, and drop everything I was doing to jump on a red eye to get to the hospital. And I spent a couple of days in intensive care and, you know, it's just a lot of emotions, especially, like I said, because me and my father have had a complicated relationship that we won't go into all the details. Um, but it was it, it's, it's just been a, a weird week and an emotional week and a lot of thoughts and not knowing how to feel. And, 
you know, I had to come back to L.A. for work obligations. Right. Because, you, you know, as we all know, life has you have to go on. And life moves so on, man. I'm in the production meeting with the NFL Network for Total Access. And one of the producers says Kobe died in a helicopter accident. And I think he might have started. I said Kobe Bryant is dead. And I mean, it's it's weird just for as people, right? For as, as much shit that we have access to, for as much things as as we read, as much things that we be, that become normalized and we become numb to, right? Like we've seen the most grave shit you can imagine on the internet, and sometimes even to now where it doesn't even phase us, it is weird to hear a group of words put together in a sentence, so few words that don't that don't register in your mind. Like that was the first thing that came to me. Like that that sentence doesn't make sense. Those words that you just used don't belong in the same sentence. Um, and and then they tried to go on with the meeting, and it was just I, I like completely checked out, right? And I'm like, this can't be, this can't be real, you know. Um, and there's so many emotions. And, and my wife, she must have got an alert on her phone because I was actually on the phone for the production meeting. So she runs downstairs immediately to like give me a hug because I grew up a Kobe Bryant fan, right? I'm from Pennsylvania. Basketball was my first love. That's how I became a Laker fan because Kobe Bryant is from Pennsylvania. And there's not a lot of basketball players to make it to that <laughs> level, right? From Like we had somebody like Michael Jordan. We had someone we can say we're connected to that comes from, you know, the side of the country that we come from. And so me and my group of friends growing up, man, we, we stayed on a basketball court. I'm not even kidding. We would wake up at nine, go to the court and stay there till midnight. And it would be, you know, like this is every single day for us. So, um, yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it, I don't even think I was prepared for how hard it was going to hit me. I didn't know that I was that connected and, and invested into it, you know? Um, and that's the thing about sports. Sports are a way for people to get away. And for us as athletes, a lot of times, and we've had these conversations, we play professional sports. It's a business to us. And I don't, I think I've had a problem like sympathizing with the get away from sports thing um, because I've been on this side of it for so long. But instantly when I heard about the Kobe Bryant news, it took me back to the fan. And hmm. when you're a little boy growing up and sleeping in the same bed as two of your other brothers and the situation, you know, even at the time, if you might not have realized how much we didn't have or, you know, it was a way for us to get away from that reality of acting like Kobe Bryant in my bedroom, acting like Kobe Bryant at the court acting like I'm training and I'm putting up my thousand shots a day and acting like I could be the greatest acting like, yeah, I'm going to be the next, you know, six foot nine first overall pick out of high school, <laughs> that fake reality that gets you away from your real circumstance. All that shit came rushing back to me in that moment, you know, and it, and it made me realize how much this dude's personality was actually in me, how much this guy affected who I am today. And especially as an athlete, how long did it take you to wrap your mind around the fact that this was real mm -hmm. and Kobe Bryant actually died. <sighs> to be honest, man, I don't even think my mind is all the way wrapped around it. Cause I'm still having a hard time with that. Like, yeah, <clears throat> they always say that it, it takes a little while when something this sudden happens and it takes when you have a situation where that chair is empty now, mm -hmm. where you're used to seeing that person in that situation mm -hmm. and because Kobe's not playing basketball anymore, it's not like I'm going to turn on the game and watch the Lakers and, and expect Kobe him to won't be, be there. there. Right. Right. Like 
he had already retired from basketball and he kind of separated himself a little bit from basketball. Um, so he wasn't around as much, but he was starting to do some stuff with production and business and mm-hmm. various different ventures. So you were, you weren't hearing about him quite as much. And I think part of that has made it hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around when you see somebody that is such a hero to so many people, you think of them as invincible. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no vulnerabilities with that person. Yeah. And it's impossible, even when you hear the news and you see the reactions and you watch uh, the social media, what's happening in California and throughout the country, the outpouring of support, it's still like, it's not real. Yeah. And I don't know, when is that, when is it going to be real? Yeah, man. And uh, that's a very good question. Like you said, I was hoping the news was fake and I just kept refreshing his uh, Twitter page because I'm like, you're just waiting for that tweet from him. Hey guys, I'm all right. After about five minutes where you know that if that was a hoax, somebody would have gotten to him. He would have tweeted something and there was, there was nothing. That's when it started to set in like, oh shit, this might really be happening. Um, I don't think I've come to complete grips with it yesterday. I was on again. So I did the total access show and. And you had, you had an emotional moment because I saw that on social media I think you posted it or maybe somebody else posted it and you guys were talking about it and you kind of broke down and I was just yeah. curious emotionally kind of what was going through your head in that situation in that moment. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was, you know, and I, I you know, I, I cried and tears and it cause it's such a, it's such a, a fucking sad thing, you know, and, and excuse my language, man, but it's, it's just kind of gut wrenching. And I thought I would be able to do TV like clean, like we're professionals. We we do this. And honestly, I, I, I like to think I'm a guy that not a lot of, you know, I can separate the emotion from the actual mm-hmm. job function. Um, so we had our production meeting and, we, you know, I was there. I was there early. We talked and it, I mean, it, it was like, yeah, this, this sucks. You know what I mean? And, and I knew. But when we got on the set. And they're like, hey, we're going to open the show with Kobe Bryant. And, you know, we can't ignore this. This is a big deal in the sports world, even beyond basketball, obviously, because he's an icon. And, you know, he's one of those guys that he's a one name guy. One name guys go well Kobe. beyond of what they're doing. He's I mean, Kobe. We're talking global news. Story. Yeah. Basketball all, is global. He's one Kobe. There's there's not more than one Kobe. Right. Um, so right before we're getting on, they're like, hey, you know, Steve, who was hosting, is going to come out and he's going to you know make the. The, the announcement on the stage and then after about 45 seconds 20 seconds you, you and marcel reese who was co-hosting with me um as the other analyst you guys are going to come up on stage so we're sitting in front of the big studio wall that has kobe bryant 1978 to 2020 and i'm like damn i gotta turn around so i had to turn with my back face and i'm like hey marcel when it's time to go on stage tap me on the shoulder and on the back tvs um that are part of the set of total access they're playing Super Bowl highlights. So I'm trying to ingrain my mind into, you know, San Francisco highlights to, to not think about this thing that's going on behind me. So I'm trying to trick my mind into, you know, changing its attention. And my, my, my eyes start tearing up and I'm like, damn it. Like I'm trying to like tap them. And then the one guy who's operating the camera, like, wait, you nervous? Cause I'm like, I'm trying to shake it off. Like, come on, man, come on, Hawk, get your shit together. Um, and it's like one of those things where like the more you fight it off, the more it comes. You know what I'm saying? So it's time for us to go on stage. Marcel taps me and I'm sitting on stage and I'm, I'm still looking at the highlights. But in my earpiece, they're talking. He's making the announcement. And I can hear what he's saying. And he's talking about 
his daughter. He's talking about the other passengers on the plane. He's talking about the statement that the Eagles issued, the NFL issued, the Tom Brady says we'll miss you, Kobe. And it shit just seemed too, it was just like, mm, you know, and I got to talk and it's going to kick the Marcel. He's going to talk for 20 seconds. Hawk, we're going to kick to you for 20 seconds. And then we're going to go talk about the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl. And when they kicked it to me, man, it was like I tried to talk and it was almost like my body was waiting for me to open my mouth so it can let out. And it just came rushing, man. And I couldn't I couldn't hold it back. And it, it, I was like so pissed off at myself, like seriously. Mm-hmm. And it like I was so damn mad at myself that I couldn't keep my damn composure. You know was what it I mean? Like one of those those bad dreams where the monster's kind of chasing you and you, you're trying to yell for help. But you open your mouth and yeah, nothing will come out. And nothing comes out. And that's that's exactly what it felt like, man. It was so uncontrollable that I'm like, and even like, you know, I can't say anything. They, they Those guys pick it up like the professionals they are and kick it off to a video. And then afterwards, I'm just yelling all kind of F-bombs, like apologizing, like, you guys, I'm sorry. And it just kind of sucked the life out of the room, too. You know, because now everyone's looking at me like, is he going to be okay? Producers are in my ear like, are you going to be able to do this show? Because honestly, if, if it wasn't Super Bowl week and I understood that every analyst was in Miami or packing for Miami or doing something that they <laughs> planned on doing, I would have tried to get off the show. But I was the reason why I'm there is because I'm the only guy left. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, shit. It's the Hawk's Josh the McCown. the best guy at the NFL Network. Why? Because he's the only one left. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Josh McCown pulling his hamstring versus the Eagles. Like, you got to stay in. There's nobody else, bud. You know? Um, w- was that the moment that it was the most real for you since the news came out? Yes, it, it was because I think that the problem, the problem I'm still having now that I've been blocking out is that I'm looking at this picture of Kobe Bryant, a picture that I've seen a million times, every kind of Kobe video or whatever, and he's so a part of our generation and a part of everything yeah. that we love about sports. You never think this is the reason why you're going to be seeing his picture. And right. every time I look at it and I think to myself, like, and my brain clicks that, oh, this is why they're showing you Kobe Bryant. It makes me instantly sad again, man. And it's, I just don't think, yeah, we weren't prepared for it. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that I gave a shit as much as I do, you know, mm-hmm. but so much of my life and my childhood and my perspective and persona is tied up in somebody. Like, to be honest, there's going to be people 20 years from now, athletes, and you're seeing it now in, in, in professional sports, athletes who are saying they're more than an athlete and they're, they want to start their schools and be philanthropic because they've grown up for 20 years watching LeBron James. And you're not going to realize, and there's going to be people in everyday life who are going to have a piece of their personality from a guy that they looked up to or they've seen that has been a part of their homes 365 for 20 years. And you don't realize how he, that person is going to affect the generation. That's what Kobe Bryant was and is for me and a lot of people that are, they're hurt, man. They're hurt. So I tell you, the moment that it was the most real for me was last night. <clears throat> and I know that Kobe had uh, four daughters. He lost one in the helicopter crash that he died in as well. And so mm-hmm. it's Vanessa and their three daughters. And being a guy that's got three kids, I've got four kids. Um, I went up into my son's room last night to kind of kiss him and tuck him Ooh. into bed. And I looked at him. And I instantly started thinking about those three kids of Kobe's that – are never going to have a father again. And they've lost one of their sisters and just looking at your son. And I think when things hit you the hardest is when you find some connection between the two of you. Mm -hmm. Now I've never met Kobe in my life. I didn't know 
any of his family. I didn't know anything about him really other than what I was as far as a fan and what I see on TV. But when you look at your kids and you think about what it must be like now for that family, for the, for his wife, Vanessa, and those three kids to yeah. grow up without their father, that's the moment it hit me. And I just started crying. And it was one of those where you almost kind of start shaking where you can't yeah, just man. can't reel it in. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. just trying so hard. And, you know, you don't, your son, my son's three, so he doesn't understand any of this. He, does, he doesn't know who Kobe is. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even hardly know what a basketball is. Right. And so to try to explain, like, why daddy is having a hard time and why he's crying is way beyond comprehension. So I kind of like went away for a second and then I came back and I started tickling him and then he started giggling and laughing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped pull me out of it. Right. But, that it was that moment where you see those similarities between your families and starting to listen to the things that uh, Kobe and his oldest daughter um, were talking about being that uh, everyone had always come up to Kobe and said, Oh, don't you wish you had a son who could kind of carry on your legacy? And he was like, why can't my daughter do that? You know, that those were some of the emotions that I had when I had just two daughters before my son was born because mm-hmm. everyone's like, Oh, don't you wish you had a son? And I, and I would always think to myself like, Hey, who's not to say that one of these girls is going to go out and be a great athlete and carry on, you know, the athlete family legacy. Yep. And even if they don't, who cares? But, um, that was another connection that in my mind, I, I kind of, I felt yeah for Kobe when he would say those things about his daughter. And then, um, the emotions that kind of spill out when you think about putting yourself in those shoes, um, you know, kind of that he walked in and it's just been that up and down, I think emotionally for a lot of people, you know, and I think for you having to do it on TV must've been incredibly difficult. Yeah, I didn't. And I I got, I I did not think it would be that difficult, man. And, And you were completely right about the kid. And I think that's what seriously, I mean, that's what hurts so much the daughter and, I mean, for Kobe, you were just kind of watching him because he's always been, it's hard to become Kobe Bryant without giving basketball literally, literally everything. Like, I remember mm-hmm. a, a funny meme when Kobe announced his retirement. And it was a, like a picture of Kobe sitting there with his fingers crossed across his, his stomach. And he must have been sitting in an interview, but it was like Kobe to his kids. So what do you guys like to do? You know, because it was like a play on, like he's given so much to the game of basketball. He doesn't, mm-hmm. there's... He he's constantly trying to be the best and he's he's gonna have to learn to be this guy at home. And we got to watch that. You know what I'm saying? We got to watch how invested he was in his family and, and his daughter and her development as a person and you know, to think that again, he lost his life. And I'm gonna get a little emotional here now, but he lost his life, you know, being that dad, you know, that that basketball because of the time never gave him the opportunity to be. Um, and he was very present. And the best thing you can do as a father is be present in your kid's life and give a damn about what they give a damn about and let them know you love them. Let them know you you care about their development because that's our job as parents. And something I know you and I strive to do and, and always get, get better at. And we got to watch Kobe do that. So, so to think that, you know, those kind of shit scares me, man. Like his final moments, it's him being scared, protecting his daughter. And again, it's him being the person that we all should be trying to be with our, our, our children. Um, yeah. So my son is, you know, and I can remember when princess Diana died and 
I wasn't old enough to like really know who she was. My introduction to her was basically her dying. Like, right, just because the worlds that I was operating in were different. And But I remember my older brother, who's 11, 10 year, 11 years older than me, he was like distraught about it. You know what I mean? Really? And it was like, huh. yeah, and it was, you know, because I think he understood. It, it's like one of those things where the people you feel like have the most resources or people that are so synonymous with culture that you're like, oh, they're protected. No, and it's like, it's a it's a fucking hard thing to find out your heroes are human. And so my son, he knows who Kobe Bryant is because I've been a Kobe Bryant fan, right? And when he was born, I bought him a Laker jersey. And he has a Kobe jersey. Like, it's a baby jersey of Kobe, like, framed because it was his first jersey. And when he was a baby, me, you know, he, we went to the Laker game. Actually, me, him, and Muhammad Sanu went to a Laker game here out in L.A. Um, and so he knows I've always been a Laker fan. And it's been I've been a Laker fan. He was a Cavaliers fan because he loved LeBron. And when LeBron came to the Lakers, it was like, aha, now you got to be a Laker fan with me, you know? And so he understands it because he's a basketball fan. But even still, at seven years old, it's hard for him to fathom the magnitude of what's going on. And early on, it was like, oh, dang, that that sucks. And, you know, but then he he's never seen me cry. So and you got to imagine a kid who is like, my, you know, he's my best friend. We're together every day. You know, he tells me about every little thing that happens in his day, you know, because he wants to get my point of view on it. And he he in his mind, there's nothing that I'm not excited about that happens to him. You know, so it's like, Dad, guess what? I stepped on a, a toy today and it hurt. And I got to be like, <laughs> what? Dude, are you serious? How no you way. fight? Like, yeah, man, it's good now. But you can't believe how much, that, you know, like so every little thing yeah. to him, you know. He knows that I like in his mind, yo, dad, wait till I tell him about this thing, right? Yeah. So when you have that relationship and he's never seen me cry ever. Mm. So he was watching me on TV and to see me cry, it freaked him out. Cause he was like, Oh shit, this must be this must be real. So it was like as soon as I got home, he literally comes up and gives me a hug. And I was telling my wife, and I'm you know, she's talking about her. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like damn it, like, I'm so mad that I didn't keep it together. And he, like, puts his arm around me and, like, Dad, it's okay to cry. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? And it's, like, when it, it was Guarantee just. Guarantee you were Yeah, not man, dry and there I am, moment. you know, fucking getting teary-eyed again. And now yes, he, it is. Okay, Austin. Here's the second time he could see me cry, right? You know. Uh, oh, man. But, yeah, man, it's just a, a week and a day full of emotion. And even still, I'm having trouble unpacking all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm thinking about like other moments in my life where I was just shocked at the news, right? Uh, you mentioned Princess Diana. I remember mm-hmm. exactly where I was. I was actually in Milwaukee. I was w- w- uh, going to go fishing with my dad. I know that kind of sounds silly. Yeah, you never do that. Hey, that's what you do every day, right? right. Yeah, but it Clearly was like a Saturday morning. Right. And I remember my dad's fishing partner that we always went out with. His name was uh, John Seifert. He had the boat. We brought the human beings. Uh, And he was like, hey, did you hear Princess Diana died? And even at that age, I knew who she was. And it was like jarring, right? Mm Because you don't think about people that are in the news that are young dying. Like there's no chance they could even die. Um, And I was thinking about another time, actually September 11th. I was a sophomore in high school and it was during the football season. And I Mm -hmm. remember our football coach at the end of the day, he like called the whole team up and he was like, the best thing we can do is go about our lives the same way. Yeah. And it gives you an outlet. Like you kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it kind of gives 
sports has always given us a little bit of an outlet and kind of going through that routine of practice would be a good way of, uh, you know, a cathartic way of dealing with the emotions that we're dealing with today. Mm -hmm. Um, And now the NBA decided to play all games on Sunday. From your perspective, was that a good move or do you think they should have just taken the rest of that day off? I think they should have taken the day, man. I do. And I, and I get it's business and you got to, you got to, fledged for but I just feel like for a lot of those guys I mean you watch them in tears and you can even see guys on the sideline they like they're just not there and I'm like if I'm feeling that way about doing the NFL total access you could imagine what those players feel and and, and are going through and I don't think anybody would have faulted them for making that de- decision and you know but it's tough like you can't prep for that you know like yeah. games were probably they were in progress and about to tip off and, you know, in a couple hours and people have flown in this. That's a tough call for the NBA to make. So I won't say that they were right and wrong in doing it. I just think nobody would have faulted them for making that determination under the circumstances because it's, it's What do you think man. about the the way they kind of tipped their, their cap to Kobe by everybody taking a 24-second violation at the beginning of the game? I thought it was awesome. I did. I mean, you know, you're, you're going to see – them honor him for I mean the remainder of this season it'll change NBA all-star I'm curious to see how it affects the Super Bowl that week for people that don't know there is a lot of crossover between the basketball world and the football world yeah not only with the players but the people that are surrounding it and in the music industry and Mm -hmm. how that ties in between and the connections um and so obviously everybody knows the Super Bowls this weekend in Miami and I am curious if it kind of lays a wet blanket on all the festivities because usually the super bowl is just a massive party especially in miami everyone always says that's the craziest one and kobe guaranteed touched the lives in some way shape or form of probably everybody that's down there yeah either playing in the super bowl watching the super bowl supporting the super bowl and Mm -hmm. certainly all the players that we talk to and so you kind of wonder how this will affect that whole week which yeah. is supposed to be a celebration of sport. But then when you lose one of the sport's greatest icons, not basketball's greatest icon, right. sports, one of sport's greatest icons. You, you talked about athletes with one name where almost everybody in the world knows who they were. Yeah. Pele, LeBron, yeah. yep. Jordan, Kobe, mm-hmm. Ronaldo. Yep. I mean, th- those Hawk. are names that you say one name, everybody knows who they are. Yeah. And to lose somebody like that in the manner at the young age that he was is shocking and it's incredibly sad. Yeah, man. It's just a, a true, like just, it's just been devastation, you know? And, I, and I'm like, uh, you talked about moments. I can, uh, Dale Earnhardt was a moment. And again, I wasn't a yeah. big NASCAR guy, but I remember being like shocked that that had happened. Um, mm-hmm. And these are like from accidents, right? There's other tragic, tragic things that happened. You know, Junior Seau was super, super tragic. Um, you know, Sean Taylor was incredibly tragic to the football world, um, but they didn't they didn't go across culture the way that Kobe did. And I would argue even Dale Earnhardt. 9-11 was a big one. And it, I, it was another one of those moments where you didn't really, I, I didn't really quite realize what the hell was happening. And it was extremely connected to me because I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And I was a sophomore. Um, I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. So Flight 93 that went down in Pennsylvania is 30 miles away from my hometown it's by summer it's in somerset and we our game that week was against somerset high school 
Really? Yeah. So that's like, that's my area. So it was like, you know, we canceled the game that week for obvious reasons. And, you know, yeah. we postponed it. But um, I just have a quick question for you guys. I was thinking about Javon Belcher mm-hmm. last 24 oh, hours, yeah. just about like sudden deaths. Yep. Um, do you guys have any stories? Maybe you don't, but I'm just curious. Stories of teammates or people, you know, classmates or anyone that, that you feel like affected you during your football careers? Thomas Howard uh, was a linebacker for us in Cincinnati, and he was like just one of the – it's funny, I met with a producer this week who was like, I met one of your old teammates one time, and he was just saw the earth and that passed away. And he was talking about Thomas Howard. He was one that uh, that affected deeply. Um, what was that like? I mean, it was just – I don't know, man. I don't know, especially from a teammate perspective because you're so – you spend so much time with these guys and it's even weird even in retirement or leaving a team dude because these are guys you talk to every day all day you spend so much time with them and then you never talk to them again you know and that that's the reality for a lot of guys and and very few guys go beyond that from a relationship standpoint and Thomas Howard was one of those guys so he you know when he passed away um from a car accident that just kind of yeah, I mean, the entire, you know, people that know him, you know, we all came together because he was one of those guys that, again, if you had a relationship with him at any point, you had a relationship with him forever. You know, he was just one of those guys. Um, so that was a tough one. That was that was a that was a tough one. And I mean, we've all lost people close to us. And I think the weird thing about Kobe is that, again, it's affecting people so harshly that have never met the dude, never shook his hand, don't have his number. If he was here, you couldn't get in touch with him if you tried, you know, and I think that's where the weird feelings come in for everybody because we lose someone close to us. We can process that stuff, you know, and it's like you get that's going to happen. You can prepare and it's, you know, you salvage whatever and you have your family and friends and other people that are connected from your circle. Again, with Kobe, for the majority of people, you know, he doesn't know people exist and still they've affected, they're affected in this way. The first time I met Kobe, was a 2016 and it was for like this athlete board meeting and there was like 16 of us athletes in the room and I don't get starstruck like I just could care less I'm just very business oriented I've been around sports and professional sports my entire life but in this moment I can remember being in this room and shaking Kobe's hand and him actually introducing me to his business partner who still serves as one of my mentors today and it was because you know he made the connection with us that we've kept the relationship um but I remember being in that room felt like an accomplishment. And again, I don't, I, I've met Oprah, <laughs> you know, I work for LeBron James, you know, and that's an accomplishment. But like being in the same room as Kobe, because it was so connected to my childhood, because I remember, again, sleeping in the same bed with my brothers and us rooting for Kobe. So for life to have taken this course and me be blessed enough to be in a room where we're both supposed to be on business terms felt like an, a life accomplishment it was like I can't believe I'm in a room and Kobe is talking to me because he's supposed to and now it felt like a peer thing I've I've been so lucky to get to a point in my life where Kobe a guy that I've patterned everything out of is talking to me as if I'm a peer um and yeah and it was it, I mean it's just like I called my mom afterwards. She was like, what, what was he like? You know, I got, I snuck videos of him speaking. We weren't supposed to have phones in the room. It was very like <laughs> mafia-like. Like it was like the room was dark and in the room, I don't care now, but it was, it was Kevin Love was in the room. Richard Sherman was in the room. CJ McCullum, myself, 
Derek Jeter, um, Blake Griffin, who else? Uh, Paul Pierce was in the room. DeAndre Jordan was in the room. Lisa Leslie was in the room. Kobe Bryant is in the room. And Hawk. You know what I mean? Like, it was very much like, besides the fact with everybody else, I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Number one. <laughs> and also, Kobe and Jeter are like, oh, Hawk, what's up, man? How are you? know, it was like, I called my mom and I'm like, oh, I'm going to send you these videos. Don't show anybody. Here's Kobe talking <laughs> about the importance of athlete empowerment. You know, and he's sitting, he's sitting right beside me. You know what How I'm saying? How does Kevin Hart always weasel his way into Not Kevin everything Hart. that's Kevin awesome? Love. Oh, I, I thought Kevin, Kevin Hart. My fault. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin Hart was. I was, I was the Kevin Hart like, in that scenario. Every time there's something big going on, I always <laughs> see Kevin Hart's little five foot four head sticking <laughs> out there. Like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were like only one person under five seven can be in the room. So that was me. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I helped them reach that quota. Hmm. But yeah, no, oh. and, and the crazier thing, and, and this was like, it was, it was freaking eerie. I mean, it's LeBron passing Kobe the night before and him have written on his shoes Mamba for life and Kobe's last message to LeBron on Twitter was like it wasn't just like congratulations you've done it it was like it's up to you to push the game forward you know what I mean? it, it was just eerie and even hearing LeBron talk the night before and it almost I don't know it, it was just it was just so many things man almost and uh, Jimmy Spencer who works here at Uninterrupted was like it's like we almost know what the story is and we're just like clues that it's already the story is written, but, you know, we're still living it out. And like when you look back at the things that he said and, you know, him being in Philly to break the record, it was it's just. Yeah, it was it was very eerie, man. And Has has LeBron said anything to the company? Because I'm in Wisconsin. I know. Yeah. Uh, Uninterrupted in L.A. And I was just curious, like if he's addressed the company with an email mm-hmm. or said you know any of his people to to send a message to yeah him. well uh, so maverick is um you know i mean and these are guys that are this isn't just a person right this isn't a just a oh god like this is this is a friendship you know what i mean like they're here mm-hmm. large part and because of kobe you know like this is someone who's mentored lebron since he was like a freshman in high school you know and 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 they're like there is a genuine and true relationship that I don't think anybody is quite ready to you know explain or understand the magnitude of how things are changing and and you know Maverick's thing was just like hey out of respect of everything like we're going we're just going to give this time you know what I mean like as a company and without him addressing his own personal and and LeBron you know hurt there was a video of LeBron getting off the team plane and breaking down crying like this is this is heavy shit for everybody. Again, if you could imagine, if you can see how it's affecting people that don't know him and talk to him on a regular basis, imagine the people around him. You know, and it, it it's just a it's a very peculiar thing that doesn't happen happen often in sports, and it's just it's weird to live through history. That's something that you know you'll never forget for as long as you live. It's weird to go through those moments because we do a lot to, every day, and very rarely are we cognizant in the moment that this is something that I will never forget. This is a day that. 50 years from now, I will remember. My son, the day he dies, will remember the day, you know, that Kobe passed in a helicopter accident, you know? And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's feelings, man. And here we are on a podcast just trying to talk through all of it, you know? Yeah, definitely cathartic, I would say, to be able to just spill the emotions out and talk about it for a little bit. Um, I think you did a good job of kind of wrapping things up there. Yeah. Um, Hopefully nobody came here looking for Super Bowl talk because yeah. 
Uh, we're not going to give him any. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, again, it's like, like you said, man, it's, it's one of those things that puts life in perspective and, you know, and that happens every, everybody, you know, we, we, it's life. We go through tough shit and everybody has something that they're worried about. Everybody, I don't care how g- well off you are, whatever. There's situations that life punches you in the mouth and lets you know, you know, everything isn't all good. Right. And in these moments, you know, for us, I would, I would encourage everyone to attack their relationships the way that Kobe attacked the game of basketball. You know what I mean? Attack being a mother, a sister, a father, a brother, a, you know, a dad, a husband, a son. I mean, you name it, a friend. Like, attack that with that same tenacity. Attack, you know, overcoming obstacles with that same tenacity. Hug somebody close from you. If you, if you have bullshit between you and another person, man, understand that you only... When these things happen, there's there's no do over. You don't get another opportunity at it, you know. So it, you have to think about life in that way. Like you know, I try to not try to. I kiss my kids before I leave when they're asleep every single day. There's not been a day that has ever gone by in their life when we've been in the same place where I haven't kissed my kids ten times a day because it's it's one of my nightmares, man. And I just want to make sure. And and we should all be that way. We I need to do a better job of that with my friends with my extended family and the people that I work with on a daily basis. Like, listen, I appreciate you. I love you. We are connected whether we want it to, whether we want it or not. These are relationships you are building. Right. And it's just, it's just one of those things that puts everything in perspective to you that, you know, life is short and the shit that doesn't matter it, in the grand scheme of things, it just doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. I think that's a good way to wrap up the show. Life is precious. Life is fragile. And I think things like this give you an opportunity to just step back, give you a new perspective. You know what? Maybe those little things that I was worrying about that were so big of a deal, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I should just let it go, let the beef pass, because you never know in this life when God's going to take you. Yep. Yep. You're right, man. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of the Tomahawk Show. Chiefs are playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Me and Joe are going to Miami. We are going to get very, very, very excited about football over the next 48 hours. The next time you hear us, <laughs> we'll be ready to deliver the same joyful, loving, mm. excited Tomahawk you've, you've, you've grown uh. used to. Uh, what else? Andrew Barry is the GM of the Browns. We will talk about that at some point. So when we are in Miami, we will be on Radio Row doing uh, TV with the NFL Network, a partnership between Uninterrupted and the NFL Network, the most ambitious crossover in the history of media. Brought to you by Joe and Hawk. Brought to you by a Joe yes. Hawk Yourself Productions. And every night, I mean, Thursday and Friday, we'll be dropping compilation episodes of our interviews from that day, so you'll be able to listen just like you do. But also, check your local listings, because you might see me and Joe's beautiful faces on the television. Mm. And mm. The fun, the happiness. Yes. We'll be back in your living rooms Thursday and Friday on multiple media outlets. Yeah, that's, that's, that's TV you can't miss. All right? All right, Joe, take us out. Joe Hawk Yourself, friends.